Journey with St. Paul, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society. In this special 10 podcast series, Journey with St. Paul, the Greek Orthodox Christian Society takes you on a journey with the Apostle who evangelized the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles over the course of three missionary journeys from Jerusalem to Antioch and to Rome. This is The Journey with St. Paul. Today, we conclude the podcast on the life of St. Paul with his arrest in Jerusalem and his imprisonment in Rome and his last letters. On the way to Jerusalem, they stopped at Caesarea, about 86 kilometers from Jerusalem along the coast. They stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist where a prophet named Agavos took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. All the co-workers of Paul and the Christians there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul's tenderness towards his fellow Christians is captured in the words, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? And his complete love for the Lord in his readiness to not only be bound, but to die for him, thus teaching them and us the courageous spirit of those who wish to follow Christ, which was to be imitated over and over again by all the martyrs in the years to come. The events that take place in Jerusalem read like a thriller, showing that Luke was not only a historian, but had dramatic literary and storytelling abilities as well. After Paul entered the Jewish synagogue for the first time to teach, he was immediately met with opposition by the Jews. They incited a riot so violent and chaotic that Paul was arrested and carried off by two soldiers for his own safety. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great he had to be carried by the soldiers and the crowd that followed kept shouting, get rid of him. The courage of Paul is amazing because it was at this very moment when he was so near to being lynched alive that he asked the soldiers to allow him to speak to the crowds. He begins to speak to them in Aramaic, and the crowd becomes very quiet as they listen to the story of his conversion. But at the point where he mentions that his mission was to go to the Gentiles, then all hell broke loose again, and they began to cry out, Rid the earth of him, he is not fit to live. He would easily have been torn into pieces, if the Roman commander had not acted swiftly. Paul's behaviour and tactics from here on are clever and skilful. When the Roman commander orders that he be flogged, he says to them, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? And when he is brought before the Jewish court, or Sanhedrin, in front of the chief priests, he takes advantage of the rivalry and division between Sadducees and Pharisees by saying, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial 
because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. He knew well that the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe all these things. Immediately, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly became divided and could not reach a decision regarding Paul. The next day, while in the barracks, Paul discovers a plot against his life, learning how about 40 Jews had formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. Paul's nephew, the son of his sister, brought the plot to the attention of Paul, who brought it to the commander's attention, and so Paul was hastily transferred to Caesarea. The way Luke describes the effort to transfer him safely indicates not only the tension, but the extreme danger that Paul was in. Two centurions with a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen were ordered to take Paul safely to Caesarea in the middle of the night. In Caesarea, he was left in prison for two years, from 58 to 60 AD, with a moderate degree of freedom to receive visitors. It is believed that while under arrest in Caesarea, Luke, with Paul, made use of the time to begin writing the Acts of the Apostles. Finally, the governor Festus planned to transfer Paul back to Jerusalem to be put on trial there. But before this happened, Paul appealed to Caesar and was transported by ship to Rome, saying, I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. After Festus had conferred with his counsel, he declared, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. It was during this journey to Rome that Paul was shipwrecked off the island of Malta and experienced many difficulties. Paul was travelling to Rome under armed guard, along with 200 or so other prisoners, when the ship was caught up in a storm. Again, the detail and drama which Luke provides in this account of the shipwreck keeps us glued to the narrative from beginning to end. We can read it in detail in the book of Acts. The main aspects of the account are that the ship was battered by huge storms. The crew began to lighten the ship by throwing cargo overboard, but the storm continued to rage and they began to give up hope. Then Paul stepped forward and reassured them that they would survive the storm. He ate in front of them and encouraged everyone else to eat and drink so as not to give up. Then we learn that the sailors tried to escape, the soldiers tried to kill the prisoners, and finally the ship was shattered and broke apart. Those who could swim jumped out, and others held onto planks. Miraculously, everyone got safely to shore, and no one drowned. The islanders looked after them and built a great fire to warm them up. Paul tried to help by collecting brushwood, and a viper fastened itself onto Paul's hand. The book of Acts says, When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. 
the people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. This shipwreck was one of many hardships and difficulties that Paul had to face from the time of his conversion to the end of his life. There was hardly a time that he was not in some kind of danger. In his second letter to the Corinthians, to those who questioned if he was a true apostle, he felt compelled, even though he was reluctant to do so, to describe some of these experiences. From the Jews, five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides all this, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. The list we just heard describes not only the extreme physical hardships and dangers which he had to face, but also the pain of dealing with betrayal from fellow Christians, and his deep concern for all the churches which he felt responsible for. Finally, Paul under arrest reaches Rome, and the Christians of Rome travel as far as the Forum of Appius and the Three Taverns to meet them. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When they got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. He wrote the letters known as the prison epistles, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. In his letter to the Philippians, he says that the house arrest was a good opportunity to witness to those in power and to give courage to the local Christians. While under house arrest, the church of Philippi sent him a messenger with abundant assistance and they instructed him to stay to help Paul while in prison. He was so conscientious and attentive that he fell sick and was close to death. This gives us a sense that even though Paul's experience under house arrest was relatively comfortable, it was still hard work and stressful. As Paul says, this young man almost died for the work of Christ and risked his life. We learn from his letter to Timothy details of a second imprisonment and trial. It was probably during the reign of Nero, and it appears that after the two years of house arrest, he was placed in a dungeon in chains, which was damp, dark and overcrowded. He mentions an Onesiphorus, who it seems sought him out and found him eventually in the dungeon. He mentions that he was deserted by Demas and almost by everyone else except Luke. He says that an Alexander who was a metal worker did him a great deal of harm. He says that at his first defence everyone deserted him and failed to come to his support. But he did not hold it against them and said that the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. It seems that at the trial he was delivered from the lion's mouth, probably because he was put in the dungeon 
rather than executed. Finally, he asked Timothy to come to him quickly, to bring Mark with him, because he is useful to him for the ministry, which indicates that even from the dungeon, he continues to issue instructions and guide the churches. He says to Timothy to bring the cloak that he left at Troas, maybe because he was so cold. And finally, he asks him to especially bring with him the parchments and scrolls, which indicates the value he placed on his correspondence with all the churches. He also asks Timothy specially to greet Priscilla and Aquila. So we have a picture that at the end of his life, he was suffering in a dungeon with Luke, his beloved friend, asking his beloved son in Christ to come quickly and reaching out to two beloved friends, Aquila and Priscilla. But we also have a sense that he has not lost any of his missionary drive or zeal, but continues with the care of all the churches, even from a dungeon. His last words to Timothy are especially moving and an everlasting testament to a life dedicated to Christ and his church. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. This brings us to the end of these podcasts on the life of St. Paul. So much can be learned from the life of Paul and his missionary journeys. Not only can we learn the example by which we can model mission work within the church and to those who have not yet heard about Christ, but we can also learn what living a life dedicated to Christ actually looks like. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my God. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. St. John Chrysostom says that Paul traversed the whole world like an eagle and disdained pain and danger, and amid the traps set for him by his enemies, with exultant heart he turned every attack into a victory. Constantly beaten, abused and cursed, he boasted of it as though he were celebrating a triumphal procession and taking trophies home, and offered thanks to God for it all. We hope you've enjoyed this instalment of Journey with St. Paul. To keep up with the upcoming episodes in this special podcast series, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or at orthodoxjourney.com.